0: My almost-empty room had once been my grandfather's office, crowded with a desk and many stacks of paperwork. My father told me that my grandfather had loved looking out the window at the orchard, too. I grew up listening to stories about our family's past. Grandfather was one of the richest men in Iran. Our family was so famous that a television show producer even made a 24-part series about us. My great-grandfather had started the Khazaruni dynasty. He was a self-made millionaire who in his time had hauled over all businesses in southern Iran, ranging from owning the butcher's shop just down the street to running the local shipping dock unions. When the British invaded Persia at the turn of the 20th century, the government did not fight them, but my great-grandfather funded guerrillas to put up an opposition. By the time my father became head of the family, we were mingling with royalty and important government officials. Then the Ayatollahs came into power and everything changed. Due to my father's connections with the previous regime, the Shah's rule, the Ayatollahs confiscated most of my family's properties and assets. Many of the Shah's followers were executed. Others were ostracized. No one spoke to them or conducted business with them. According to my father, we were lucky to be alive. Despite the fact that we no longer enjoyed the luxuries we'd had earlier, the accounts that Baba gave me of those times were very important to me. This was what I bragged most about at school. If you know anything about Persians... Then you would know that uh, the art of boasting is drummed into us from a very early age. Not that I needed any encouragement. I had never experienced this glorious past, but that never stopped me from strutting and preening in its leftover shine. So there I was in my room a bit later on that hot day, happy I had avoided trouble over my trousers. My homework was done, but there was no chance of playing soccer against the wall as my parents were close by in the living room, still talking uh, in hushed tones. I sat for a while in my bed, looking out the window, but soon I felt restless and decided to find out why Baba and Mama hadn't noticed me that afternoon. At the door to the living room, I lay on my stomach as quietly as I could, peering around the corner. The large room was as sparsely furnished as mine. In the distant corner was an old white sofa where my parents sat deep in conversation. A television on a stand was in front of the sofa. Above the television were three family portraits. My father, my grandfather, and my great-grandfather. The other walls were bare except for the stains left behind by the frames of old paintings. A few baby pictures of me stood about on the odd shelf. There was nothing to block my view of my parents. That meant I had to be careful, as they could easily have seen me. My father looked worried. This was unusual. For a short man, he had a strong presence. My mother was at least three inches taller than him, but he always seemed to be in charge. He would stroke his commanding moustache and brush his greying hair lightly as he listened to me. Always calm yet authoritative. Maman lost her temper, and much more quickly and more often. And yet, she seemed vulnerable. On that day, though, my father looked like a completely different man. I watched as he leaned towards my mother. You know they won't give me a passport, don't you? The answer was obvious. Even I knew that my father's passport had been confiscated by the new regime. He had told me that the Ayatollahs didn't want him to leave the country. He didn't explain why, but I read between the lines and figured that there was a political reason. I used to love it when he told me things like that. Afterwards, he always made me promise not to mention any of it in public, as it was really dangerous for the whole family. It made me feel like a grown-up, like a man, that my father trusted me with this vital information. Yes, I know, my mother replied as she brushed her shoulder-length auburn hair with her velvet-covered hairbrush. Well, you have to leave with Abbas, then. My ears pricked up. What was he talking about? Where were we going? Passport? Were we going abroad? At first I was excited. This was what my friends and I would boast about most often. Who would go abroad first? Only rich, important people traveled out of Iran, and I was delighted that I might beat my friends to it. My mother's reaction certainly didn't match mine. I couldn't decide if she was sad or angry or both, but I knew she looked really upset. Like she might cry. I hated seeing her like that. We have to get Abbas out of the country, my darling, Baba said again. He's nine, for God's sake, Maman answered, her voice full of emotion. Just nine? That's exactly why we have to get him out now. How will he cope? He's too young to understand, Karim. She was beginning to cry. Too young? I thought, indignant. Just you try me. My father stopped to look at her. He wiped her tears away with his checked shirt sleeve and continued. They've reduced the recruitment age to eight mazier. Yeah. You saw Minu yourself the other day. Her son was brought back in a coffin, and for what? How old was he? 13? 12. Well, there you go. You're arguing my point for me. I couldn't believe what he just said. Recruitment into the army was.